Nature-based solutions provide all the social aspects or the soft aspects uh, which that comes with nature instead of having the stormwater management underground. Then it's now a green, lush area where people can enjoy it. Creating Green Cities, the podcast about urban nature-based solutions. We feature stories from people and projects that are greening Europe's cities with their ideas and initiatives. Welcome to the first episode of Creating Green Cities, a podcast on urban nature-based solutions created by Ecologic Institute as part of the Naturevation Project. My name's Laura Cameron, and I'll be your guide through the world of nature-based solutions over the next five episodes of this podcast series. During it, we'll explore different aspects of urban nature through stories of innovators from across Europe who use their passion and creativity to make cities green. We'll hear from a sustainability officer at a university in Budapest who worked to create a unique green space in the heart of the city. Green roof experts in Sweden who overlook the functioning of a pioneering eco-district. A municipal employee in Barcelona who tells us why the city has a dedicated strategy for its trees. And a social innovator in Utrecht who runs an urban farm that brings together gardeners from different walks of life. All these inspiring personalities have something in common. With their projects, they contribute to making their cities greener. But what do we mean when we say green cities? Well, this term can be understood in a number of ways, but the focus of this podcast is on initiatives that bring more nature to a city or those that enhance existing green urban areas such as parks or vegetation along streets or rivers, green roofs or gardens to deliver multiple benefits to the local population. But what exactly are these benefits? Nature can perform different functions and deliver a variety of services in cities. Those functions can include water retention, improving air quality, providing thermal insulation for buildings or producing food. Urban nature is also important for improving how a cityscape looks, improving biodiversity, providing shade and creating a space for recreation. This idea is captured by the term nature-based solutions. There are many definitions of nature-based solutions, but they all have the same underlying idea, namely to utilise nature as a cost-effective approach to address a range of societal challenges, whilst also helping to build resilience, protect biodiversity and increase human well-being. In this podcast, we'll look at different aspects connected to nature-based solutions, including monitoring and assessing how they function and what benefits they produce, as well as governance and business models that promote the implementation of nature-based solutions in cities. We'll also discuss different social, technical and governance innovations proposed by the people who use their passion and ingenuity to make cities greener. And if you're wondering by now what creating green cities with nature-based solutions means in practice, let's introduce you to some specific solutions through the words of the guests of our podcast. My name is Logan Strenchak and I'm the Environmental and Sustainability Officer at Central European University in Budapest. Outside of my work in the university, I'm also a gardener at an organic farm called Jean Bocchi Biocart. And in addition to this, I'm a co-founder of a cargo bicycle collective in Budapest called Cargonomia. 
Logan was part of a team that worked to create a rooftop garden on top of a university building in the heart of Budapest. In the mid-2010s, uh, Central European University decided that it was going to embark on a campus redevelopment project. We have six campus buildings which are located in the 5th district, which is in the center of Budapest, in quite a historic area. And the conception for the rooftop garden came from the idea that we're in the center of a city, uh, a theoretical concrete jungle, and we really lacked access to nature and green space on our campus. And although most of the architecture in Budapest is quite historic and really attractive, rooftops are often uh, underutilized or overlooked spaces. So throughout the conceptual development of the campus redevelopment project, there was the intention to increase access to open areas or, or nature as much as you can call it, and also uh, create a functional usage of the rooftops. So throughout the redevelopment project, we were thinking of how can we create an attractive space on campus, but uh, how can we also create an environmentally significant space and one that contributed to urban biodiversity? The Central European University's green rooftop provides the university community with various benefits. The green rooftop at uh, Central European University is more than just uh, an a nice, aesthetic, uh, exciting place to go out and stand and look at the view across the Danube River over to the Buddha Hills. It does have ecological value. One of the more unique aspects of our accessible rooftop is that we have uh, about 22 square meters of the rooftop is dedicated towards uh, a community vegetable garden in which we're, we're growing edible plants throughout all the seasons. And it's connected to a course which is taught in the university, which is called Introduction to Agroecological Systems and Organic Agriculture. So there's a course which is accessible for students in all disciplines, but part of the course or towards the end of the course, they design workshops, which they then hold to teach to community members some of the basics of composting, sprouting seeds, uh, starting seedlings and transplanting seedlings into the garden area. And there's a team of students and volunteers who take care of the edible garden space throughout the year. And naturally, well, in the university setting, you usually have a lot of people who are living in the city landscape, but maybe are thinking about their own balcony garden, or maybe they have a small plot in the, in the house or building they're living in, which they were always thinking of uh, experimenting with growing some of their own food. And so having a dedicated space on the rooftop to pass on knowledge of the basic skills of gardening is something that the community has seemed to appreciate. So that's one uh, extended benefit of the rooftop. Of course, we're, we're in the center of the city in a historic district. From the top of the rooftop, you have a wonderful view of the Buddha Hills and even parts of the Danube River. So it's, it has become quite an attractive sp space to hold uh, an event. There are many different types of events that happen on the rooftop, from morning yoga sessions to nighttime film screenings. Uh, from a from a social and also from both an economic uh, perspective, it becomes a nice place to host the reception of a number of events, which the community would be welcome to for the private entities who might use parts of the campus for conferences. It's certainly one of the 
favorite spaces to have an after conference reception during the seasons when the weather is good. So that does have a, a positive economic impact on the attractiveness of the university for hosting conferences and different types of events as well. And I would say for, for student life, it uh, creates a nice opportunity to escape. Our students are working very hard. Uh, if you're a student at Central European University, you're quite used to having classes from the morning until the afternoon or even late afternoon. So the opportunity to escape in the middle of the day when you have perhaps a lunch break or another break, to be able to come outside to fresh air, to be able to read, to be able to talk with friends, or maybe even just try to catch a nap somewhere in a shaded area. I think it has a positive benefit on on uh, reducing stress and giving people a, a place to have some fresh air throughout the day. As Logan explains, it's not just the staff and students who stand to benefit from the rooftop garden. Some of the significance of green rooftop spaces is, of course, to to create biodiversity corridors or biodiversity islands for the many important insect and bird species which exist in cities. So cities, in best case scenarios, have a number of parks or maybe have a river flowing through it, which will attract a lot of wildlife and different types of biodiversity. But they can be very sectorally isolated, especially if you have a park which is separated by a large built up, basically concrete covered area before getting to the next park or before getting to the outskirts of the city where some actual natural areas exist. And one of the important roles that green rooftops can play is being a, a, a natural island or sanctuary for those type of species which are, which are traveling and migrating through cities. And even we're not just talking about birds here who cover great distances, but bees will travel up to five, six, seven kilometers to find uh, the type of plants in which they're searching for, for uh, pollen. So rooftops in cities are, are, the, are sanctuaries for these type of species to be able to find either uh, a resting point, to be able to find water, to be, maybe access a certain type of food in which they're looking for, or for the case of bees, to find flowering plants, which they're searching, which they're searching for, as well. So the rooftops can play a significant role here in breaking up the amount of impermeable space, which is caused by the intense and and continuous building up of urban infrastructure. There are different types of nature-based solutions that can deliver social, environmental, and economic benefits. In the example described by Logan, it's a single green rooftop that provides these diverse services in an urban environment. But nature-based solutions can also be combined with one another and implemented at a larger scale. This way, they can deliver multiple urban services in parallel and so achieve a greater impact. In the city of Malmö in Sweden, a design for an entire eco-district, Augustenborg, included multiple nature-based solutions which were deployed to manage the stormwater and relieve old infrastructure that was no longer fit for purpose. Tanya Hasselmark-Mason and Mikaela Gomez from the Swedish Green Roof Institute explain. The nature-based solutions that we're using specifically in our initiative are the open stormwater systems and the green roofs. Malmö sewer system is a combined sewer system and it was built before they built so much neighborhoods and so many apartments in Malmö. 
So it's overloaded. Um, so with the open stormwater systems, you get, you delay the stormwater before it hits the conventional stormwater systems. So it minimizes the risk for flooding. And there's two different types of open stormwater systems. There's a big concrete channel in the area and also a more grass-like slopes that take care of stormwater. Then we've got rain gardens that are incorporated with this open stormwater system and also ponds in the area. Uh, Then we have the green roofs on a lot of buildings in the area, Uh, a couple of green walls, large green spaces that can uh, let water infiltrate through. And of course, the nature-based solutions provide all the social aspects or soft aspects uh, that comes with nature instead of having the stormwater management underground, then it's now a a green lush area where people can enjoy it. Uh, The biodiversity increases. So that's also important aspects. In Augustenborg, the traditional stormwater infrastructure, also called grey infrastructure, consisting of constructed man-made elements such as pipes, sewers and sewage treatment, works in combination with elements of green infrastructure. The green elements are nature-based and promote natural water retention, infiltration and runoff control. This, in turn, strengthens the ability of the local water cycle to deal with heavy rainfalls and helps to prevent flooding. The examples presented by Logan, Tanya and Michaela clearly illustrate some of the many advantages of nature-based solutions and highlight that such solutions effectively use nature to produce multiple benefits and address different urban challenges in a cost-effective and space-saving manner. This is particularly important when we look at the different challenges that cities need to address in parallel within their limited budgets and physical space, such as climate change adaptation, public health and stormwater management to improve urban livability. Of course, implementing nature-based solutions comes with its own challenges. We have realised that the communication is extremely important. You have to communicate what you're doing, what it is, what the benefits are, why you're doing this, the nature-based solutions to make people understand. Otherwise, they think that they take too much space or... Um, they might not understand why we use that type of vegetation or they think it looks um, messy. Uh, but as soon as you describe uh, why it's there, then it's just positive feedback. Logan and his team had to overcome a number of obstacles while implementing their project in Budapest. Carrying out a construction project in the middle of a city on a limited footprint is quite complex, of course, because you can't... Uh, you can't slow down traffic in the area. You can't create a bunch of construction mess, which would disturb. You have neighbors in close proximity, so it's quite complex. Then you factor in um, that we were also working with a historically registered building, uh, which you can't really disturb the way it looks, especially its protected facade. And, of course, building a structurally stable rooftop in a new building was was just a planning exercise, but we had to then test the the static capacity of the existing building to make sure that it can be a, a rooftop which can endure the additional added loads of having uh, soil and planting areas and also uh, to be able to uh, structurally and soundly withstand the added load of, of a few hundred people on the rooftop as well because there was a large event space 
which has a 200-person capacity designed on the rooftop as well. And there's another challenge too. The choice of species which will endure the intense summer and winter conditions in the Hungarian climate is, is something of a specific science because the rooftop ecosystem is greatly exposed to the hottest conditions in the, throughout the year, the coldest conditions throughout the year, and also the driest conditions in the summer. And what is often overlooked, that conditions in the winter are, are typically quite dry as well, which is the biggest challenge for making sure that the plants, especially the perennial plants, survive from year to year. All of this means that while the possibilities offered by nature-based solutions are very diverse, implementation often poses concrete problems. In the following four episodes, we'll examine further benefits and challenges associated with nature-based solutions and look at them in relation to specific topics. This podcast is created as part of Naturevation, an EU-funded Horizon 2020 research project focusing on urban nature-based innovation. The examples presented by Tanya, Michaela and Logan are just two out of a thousand European case studies collected in the Naturevation Urban Nature Atlas. If you'd like to explore and learn more about the urban nature-based solutions in Europe, you can find a link to the Atlas in the show notes. We've also shared a link to the Urban Nature online course, available on the Coursera platform. If you want to learn more about urban nature-based solutions, this course is a brilliant resource. In the next episode of Creating Green Cities, we'll dive into the concepts of monitoring and assessment. Now, we've disclaimed that nature-based solutions provide multiple benefits, but where is the data at? We'll discuss how to measure those benefits and the actual impact of nature-based solutions and ask our guests for their tips as well as some stories of challenges they've overcome. Thanks for listening.